0: the deck and ran out front when the barbecue exploded. Marissa started screaming hysterically. Lonnie had been blown several feet from what remained of the barbecue grill. It seemed to be in one piece, more or less, but the lid was gone. I could hear the sound of escaping gas. The fire had been blown out in the explosion and the hose from the propane tank whipped back and forth like a hissing snake, violently spitting out a stream of propane. Reverend Johnson went over to Lonnie, so I started toward the grill when Chuck pushed me aside and ran to his granddaughter. Oh, my God, baby, are you okay? His speed amazed me for a man who outweighed me by at least a hundred pounds. I reached for the valve without thinking and immediately felt the pain. Damn it! I yelled, pulling my hand away. It was like grabbing a microwave cup of coffee, not hot enough to burn the skin, but too hot to hold. Everyone had momentarily forgotten about Lonnie to watch me fight the propane snake, until he started to moan. Oh, Papa! I thought he had lost his—Marissa sobbed. I took off my shirt and used it as a makeshift glove to shut off the tank and then checked over the rest of the group before going to help the Reverend. It looked like a movie that had been put on pause. Bonnie, Margot, and the Reverend's foster son stood frozen in place, staring at Lonnie with their mouths open. I had to fight the thought of a bug flying into one of them before I realized Alec and Fred were missing. "'Where's Fred?' I asked, while putting my shirt back on. "'Somebody better call 911.' the reverend said, ignoring my question. We need to get this poor man to the hospital. Margot reached into her pants pocket, took her phone, and punched in three numbers. Has anyone seen Fred? I asked again, this time with fear in my voice. Alec was bored and took him for a walk, Margot answered while punching her keypad. That mutt will follow anyone who feeds him. I assumed she was referring to Alec's uneaten hamburger. This lady must have gone to the same charm school class as Chuck. Still, I felt a sense of relief at not having to choose between Lonnie and my dog and went over to help the Reverend. Bonnie wasted no time joining us. Lonnie looked like a surfer with a bad case of sunburn. His hair was singed to the scalp. I had no sooner bent down to check on Lonnie, when I saw Fred running toward me, with Alec 50 yards behind. "'You're not looking too good, Lon. How are you feeling?' I asked, just as Fred arrived and nearly knocked me over. His tail was wagging back and forth faster than the pendulum on an overwound cuckoo clock. He acted like he hadn't seen me in years and tried to lick me in the face. I grabbed his collar before he spotted Lonnie's burns and tried to administer first aid with his tongue. Damn, Jake. Why didn't you warn me about that death trap? Shit, this hurts. What the hell was that noise? Alec asked, gasping for breath. It sounded like a bomb went off. Then he saw Lonnie. Holy crap, that must really smart. What happened to him? The barbecue blew up, Bonnie answered. I've got some Bactine in the medicine cabinet. I'll be right back. Fred seemed to lose interest in Lonnie and wanted to follow Bonnie. He didn't get far once I let him go. He must have heard the siren. I couldn't hear it yet, but I could see a dust cloud down toward Bear Creek. It was a sure sign someone was driving too fast up our dirt road. Please, God, hurry. I'm dying here, Lonnie cried to no one in particular. I suppose he was talking to God. I found myself silently praying, too, when I saw Chuck waddling toward us. He no longer had the speed of a track star when he had pushed me aside earlier. I knew his type, aggressive and arrogant. He would want to dominate the situation, and more than likely start telling everybody what to do. I prayed the ambulance would get here before he did. Then everyone became quiet as we watched the dust cloud get closer and the siren getting louder. What the hell? he said when a sheriff's truck pulled up. We called for an ambulance.